Thank you, thank you. I didn't know I was going to share that story, but, you know, I'm for the women. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I do really, really believe um, that, you know, God truly in this time, in this era especially, um, wants to really, really use women for his glory. Yeah. You know, and that is, um, you know, Pastor Aya said it so key, like, that's the kingdom way. You know, when you look at, you know, the early church, when you look at after Jesus had died, you know, the first messengers, like it, it was women. And I've, I've read something somewhere um, as I've just been studying women because um, coffee and prayer on the move <laughs> um, is surrounding this whole thing of God empowering his women to be at, on the front line. And when we say front line, I know we, we talk about it in the sense of having a mic in your hand, but no, like leading strong in your families, leading strong in your places of influence. Amen. And so um, I, I read here... Oh, let me just try and find it. Okay, my iPhone has not updated. Let me try and find it. Essentially, um, what I was reading about women in ministry is that how God in the New Testament, uh, when Jesus came, he really validated women for who they were and their significance when it came to bringing a new expression in the earth, right? And, you know, in that time, women were just seen as mothers and wives, like that was their status, but it was almost as though when Jesus spoke to the woman at the well, he was like, yeah, women are significant. The woman with the issue of blood, even though she had been um, rejected, you know, because of her condition, like Jesus, it was almost like a validation. He said, my daughter, it was almost putting esteem and value back on women and allowing them to come into this partnership, the partnership that he had set from the beginning of time. And so before we get into creativity and all of that great stuff, because these are two amazing women um, that can speak so much on that, I would really, really love to hear your thoughts just on women in ministry or how God is using women. So I'll start with, who wants to start? Abiola, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> um, yes. It's interesting, I guess, for me, because uh, I have a, I don't want to say complicated, it's probably the wrong word to use um, in terms of ministry. So I, I guess I'm not necessarily part of church ministry, so to speak. I serve mm -hmm. at my home church, but I'm not necessarily involved in the ministry when it comes to the church. My ministry is very much the marketplace. Um, so I, I feel like I have a little bit of a different perspective mm -hmm. about where women's position is because once you're in the marketplace, no one can tell different. where yeah. you stand. Um, in the marketplace, women are CEOs and have men working under them, so it doesn't necessarily mirror mm -hmm. the church in that way. Um, but what I will say is I think that being in that world and how that kind of translates to... Um, women in the church and how we're allowed to or how we should be carrying ourselves in mm. the churches. It's taught me a lot about um, the ability to, to have a voice within, mm. within church mm -hmm. um, uh, and within church ministry, even when you aren't part of the ministry. I mean, I'm fortunate to go to a church where um, 
all voices are heard. Mm. Um, I go to House of Fire London and I think uh, Stu and Chloe Glassbury do an amazing job of nurturing um, what it is that you carry on the inside of you. Mm. I've been there for seven years and I remember the first day that I went there, Stu was the person who greeted me at the door of the church, mm. coming from a kind of um, Nigerian church background. Mm. I thought he was an usher. <laughs> <laughs> and then he introduced himself during the service as the lead pastor of the church. And I knew from that moment that that was the church that I, I wanted to go I to. And I think since going there, there's been a way that they call out what is on the inside of you. Like, I'm in a group chat with both of them, and like, Stu messages like every other week. It's mm. like, I hope you're alive. Mm. Like, how is life going? Mm. How is, you know, they, it's, they care about you in a holistic yeah. way. Mm. How are your finances? How are your relationships? Mm. What is happening with community concerning you? It's not just about your spiritual mm. a growth and journey. Um, and I think that there is there is something about that mm. that then kind of leads very nicely mm. into how we elevate women mm. in the church. Because um, when, when you're thinking about women as people and looking at them in a holistic yeah. sense, mm. then it's bound to lead to you being able to say, actually, I want you to come and lead this mm. because I already know who you are. Mm. I know what you carry. For a long time, I, I kind of run away from it. But this year, Stu and Chloe have been very, like, you know, get comfortable with the mic, get mm. comfortable with, yeah, you, I want you to lead a small group of women about creativity and mm. all of that kind of stuff. Um, and that's just because they know me yeah. and have known me for a long time. So I think the start of it is to begin to look at women in that holistic mm. sense. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. So good. So there's this question about women in ministry in the church or women in leadership in life. It can be both. You okay. can open it up. <laughs> um, I'll just keep it really short and sweet because I feel like Oriani covered like a lot of key things. Mm. So my perspective is like quite different because I grew up um, in a church, a Nigerian redeemed church, but where like women figures were quite strong. So I may not have, I don't think I recall them necessarily preaching on stage, but I was a child. So in children's church like there were a lot of ministers my mom was like a minister and stuff like that mm. so I've never really questioned like the role of leadership in church or then in life because I saw that then translate to all the the women's roles that they played at home mm. um, and I also only have sisters I went to a girls school so to me I've never had any question you know they say that like when when girls are in school over the years they raise their hand less because like they feel at odds with the boys in the class and I never had that. You, we were in school to be the best. It wasn't about our gender. Yeah. So uh, I never really kind of, yeah, I never really had that. So I mm. think coming into like, as I've grown older now into the world where I see more of these debates and discussions about like gender roles and whether you, what does it even mean to be a woman and what does it mean to be a right kind of woman and a Christian woman, I think ultimately... Um, even like, you know, later on in the word, like in the New Testament, it says like there's no Greek or Jew, there's no slave or free, there's no man or yeah. woman in Christ. It doesn't mean that we don't have differences and we don't have roles, mm. but it means that the societal like yeah. stigmas attached to each of those things 
don't exist in God's eyes because obviously if you're given a specific gift, your gift is not in the context of your gender, your gift is in the context of God giving yeah. you a gift yeah. for who you are. Yeah. So I think sometimes the external things that, okay, well I have this and I want to talk about this but I can't because I'm XYZ, I'm a woman, I'm black, I'm whatever, it's like those are societal and I think the best, where I found like the most freedom is being able to really discern what is what we think is religion but is cult is actually culture yes. and what is actually what God is actually saying. And again, as you've already said, all the women in the Bible were all they they they, they showed up as they were. They didn't show up in a in a edited version of that because of who they were. And I think of people like Deborah in, in, in terms of the judges being the only female judge and she said to the man that she was supporting, like, if you take me on, the story's gonna be that a woman did yeah. this, are you comfortable with that? Yeah. So for her, it was never, it was she never questioned, she yeah. never questioned, am I good enough? But she acknowledged that in their society, yeah. are you gonna be able to deal? And I don't think she was asking for permission, by the way. Yeah. I wanna make it clear that I don't think she was asking for permission. I think she was telling him the implications of what that would mean and can yeah. he handle it? Yeah. So I think just like for me throughout the word, and I think it's important that we started with Genesis because I think for me throughout the word, it's unequivocally clear that there's no less than. Yes, there's differences, yes, there's roles, but for me, there's no less than. And I know that a couple of weeks ago in like my um, friends and like family fellowship, we spoke about the part where Paul says, um, you know, I think he was talking to the Corinthians, I think, and he said, um, women should be quiet in the church, etc., etc. And then we now had a discussion about that. And one of the things that someone highlighted to me years ago that I recalled in the discussion about that was that you have to know which part of scripture is descriptive versus prescriptive, right? So, and not every single thing written in the Bible is like, you should live your life like that, which is why people who come from the outside, they're like, yeah, but in the Bible, this person had this many wives. That's descriptive, it's not prescriptive, and it's also not necessarily optimal. So I think in terms of being able to like, think carefully about, <laughs> about like what God is prescribing, what God is saying, and what God is calling you to in your personal relationship. Mm. Like your personal relationship with God is not in the context of like, as a woman, your dad in between, or your older brother, or your husband. Obviously there's a context where that matters, but in terms of who you were born to be, you weren't born to be somebody's ex, Y, Z. Do you know what I mean? So, I don't mean like your ex partner, I mean, I mean X, Y, Z. Like, um, so yeah, those are like my general thoughts. Um, and I don't know how, like, I've had a bit of a like non-traditional life. So I don't know how, where that sits in terms of like how people receive that, but those are just my experiences and my thoughts. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Everyone just tap your neighbor and say you are enough. Yeah. Tap the other neighbor and say you are enough. No, it's, do you know what? I think from what, what you've both said, I think we can all agree that, you know, God is not looking at us based on our gender, but based on what he has said concerning us. And I think whether we're in the church, right, in ministry, and people still have their debates, people, people up until now still have something to say about me having this mic in my hand. Do you understand what I'm saying? But that's not the focus per se. It's me aligning myself with truth. What is, what is God's mind concerning me, whether I'm holding this mic or I'm in the corporate world leading a team of people? Do you know what I mean? Like, or I'm a CEO, like that should be, I think we have a, 
at we say an advantage because we have truth that upholds us to stand wherever God places us, whether we are like Daniel in a system that is anti-God or whether we are in spaces like this, there is a truth that upholds us and empowers us to be exactly who we're called to be without the restraints of society or culture on us or encumbering us, right? And so I think that that's important for us to acknowledge, but I do want to switch the conversation because I, I, I feel like we get it in the room, right? We get it, right? We, women matter, okay? <laughs> and so I, I, I feel like we've got that. So I really want to switch the conversation in terms of creativity in the kingdom. And you know, um, here at ANT, if you don't know, we're all about kingdom, we're all about creativity, and we're all about family. Those are our three key things, right? God expressing himself through those avenues. And so I really, really want to have this discussion on create creativity, us expressing the kingdom in our spheres, because we've got actors here, we've got designers, we've got musicians, we've got all types of people here. But how do we, not only in this space, but outside, like when we're filming, you know, for Black Panther, hallelujah, you better receive that in the room. <laughs> I just prophesied to someone, no. Um, like, when we're in those spaces, how do we still express the kingdom? Um, and I want to turn it to Abiola first, because you've got gems for gems, but first introduce yourself and what you do as well. Okay, cool. Hi everyone, um, my name's Abiola, Abiola for the Nigerians in the room, and um, I run a marketing company um, called SBM Creative, um, we do content strategy mainly for a lot of like retail e-commerce brands and then also like media strategy as well, um, and we have like added a small new arm to what we do, which hopefully will grow over the years by God's grace. Which focuses, amen, amen. <laughs> which focuses on um, talent management. So I'm, I would define myself as like a marketing strategist and a talent manager. I love that. I love that. And how do you find for yourself um, expressing your faith through what you do? Like, how has your creativity been expressed? Or how has your faith been expressed through your creativity in those spaces? Yeah, so I find this question, like, quite challenging to mm. maybe answer, but maybe understand. Mm. Um, and I think in terms of, like, how do I express my faith through my work or my creativity is really um, trying to assert the gifts that I think God has given me. And I think mm. that's how I express my, my faith, I think. So mm. um, for me, career is really important and it's because it's the primary way through I express myself. So like um, I, I was saying earlier, like just a quick without, it's a long story how I started doing this, but like a quick summary, um, I had a job which I absolutely loved, but I've always defined myself as, le as left and right brain. So also equally like logical and creative. And the, the one side of my brain was being exercised, like I was in a commercial job, I worked in finance, it was great, but the creative part was like withering away and I like studied fine art in school, my dad's an architect, like we, I've always drawn kind of thing and I just felt like it was just nowhere and that had an impact on my like mental health and my joy and a big part of the way that my spirit, spirituality became expressed in that frustration was being able to find 
a career that allowed me to do those things. Mm. So when I think about expressing my faith through creativity, like on a on a basis level in terms of what do you do, for me, um, it was really being able to free myself from any um, like assumptions around what I think I should be doing. So in life, you know, you grow up, supposed to get a good job, you're supposed to get a house, you're supposed to do the, this, and I just really wanted to live my life based on my expressing my gifts like what I made for because why would I live this life to not to to like live a like a counterfeit version of what I believe God has given me I didn't it didn't resonate with me and it really physically affected me mm. so that's how I express my it's, I guess it's not my faith but I guess it's my what I believe is my original design mm. through my work yeah. and then I guess in the so that's like the base level like actually doing doing figuring out what you're supposed to be doing at a given season in life and then actually working that through, I think your faith gets really activated because it's just not easy. Like, yeah. it's really challenging. Yeah. So I feel like more than ever, um, my faith has just been exercised in the fact that practically sometimes things don't always work out. And mm -hmm. how am I, what, what is the difference between me and someone who either gives up or doubts what the path that she was set on? Like, I feel like I, there's no... I don't actually have, I wouldn't even say there's no room for doubt, but I'd say that I don't even have any doubts anymore mm. because it took so much faith to get to this point that I'm like, it doesn't, I don't, there's no capacity for me to like question. All I just have to be, now my default is like, hey God, you set me on this path. You're going to have to help me keep figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I love that. I love that. And I love what you said in terms of um, like God's original design. Um, because when automatically when you said that, I thought about an undoing um, that happens, like especially when we have deep relationship with God, when we're really connecting with him, it's almost like God is always on, he's reforming us, he's reframing our mindset and stuff, but also taking us back to our original design. Um, and that doesn't always look like changing career, by the way. Sometimes it's like how you show up you know your confidence like your ability to continue to and when we say creativity i know we think about arts entertainment etc etc but just our ability to problem solve yeah you know like our original design there's like if god's able to bestow a level of intelligence upon daniel why not us mm -hmm. right but like that was his original intent right like his original design and i just think about our key scripture, one of our key verses here at ANT, our foundational ones is, you know, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Um, old things have passed. Behold, all things have, have become new. But that word in the Greek, when you look at the root of it, it's to do with an ongoing process, basically. So it's, bas it's supposed to say becoming, right? And so I feel as though deep connection with God really does always lead us back to the original design of confidence of dominion you know of being able to what god's idea of what leadership would look like in the different spheres and not the way society yes. brings it does that make sense yeah. like it just triggered that thought but yeah. hurry on please um so i'm a full-time fine artist uh, and painter um i specialize in landscape and textile work what that looks like day to day is I actually work around the corner for another artist at his studio three days a week. Um, just is, for me, it's a great opportunity to learn what the commercial side of what I do is like. It's paid. Um, I get to practice a different kind of art form and skill because he works in a different 
Arts. Um, I run uh, the Medella School, which is a visual arts platform mm. that provides educational and well-being support through art classes and workshops. Mm -hmm. So that looks like kind of you know nurturing the, the visual artistic skills in people so mm. that want to learn. So things like portrait painting, landscape painting, which are the two kind of art forms that we teach at the moment. Mm. Um, but we're growing that. We want to include sculptors and um, printmakers and so on. And then the other side of it is um, I have this uh, massive passion for the bridge between um, creativity and well-being. Essentially, how people can see the value of art beyond um, just objects mm. and pretty pictures, like what tangible impact art has on the individual. Mm. Uh, and so we provide classes that are a sort of therapeutic art classes that are centered on using it as a tool to improve your, your well-being, essentially. Mm. Um, and I guess how I express my creativity um, or, or my faith through my creativity, I would say that I'm really privileged in that I, I grew up around creativity, mm -hmm. I grew up around business, um, and both my parents, you know, I grew up Christian, I grew up in church, I, and I grew up in a home where there was an expression of all of that mm -hmm. in a very, I want to say, very authentic way. Mm -hmm. And so I had the example, my dad's a cake decorator. So both my parents are, I, I like to call them first generation mm -hmm. creative entrepreneurs. So they went and did the degrees their parents wanted them to do. And my dad always says, I didn't go and pick up my certificate for me because I didn't give. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then they went off to do what it was that they felt was their, their creative mm. calling. You know, my, we left uh, the UK when I was about five. And my dad went back. He used to make cakes for Harry. And he said, I want to start my own business. And so he took me and my sister. My sister was just a baby then back mm. to Nigeria, dropped us off at my grandma's house, um, went to go and do some stuff to make some money, get a house, um, and started his business. And it took off really well because he was the only, one of the only men in that industry. Mm. At the time when he was making cakes, it was a woman's job. Mm. Um, so he mm. managed to do really well with it and turn it into a craft. Mm. Um, and so I, I, I grew up watching like him and, you know, the first time I got given a journal, I was probably Put your thoughts in there. I think I shared with her, now that I think about it, I think I shared with her that I had begun to receive the gift of like seeing visions mm. um, and having prophetic dreams. And so she was like, whatever you, you dream when you wake up in the morning, write it down, write what you see down. Um, so the little things like that, I feel like my parents really like nurtured outside of like the kind of tangible creative gift. Mm. And so for me, I've always seen it as this one big picture. Mm. Um, I did have a blip as I grew older, because I think as you mature, what you kind of receive and internalize as a child changes because you, you hear different voices from the world. So I think I got to a point in my journey where it was like, I started to compartmentalize. Mm. And so when I was going to university to do my degree, mm. which was initially fashion, I saw that as separate from what God was calling me to. Yeah. So I always thought, like, because I like to speak, people would joke about, um, you know, call me Pastor Reed. Um, so I, I really did think that, okay, fashion was going to be like my day job, and that's just separate, and then I would be a pastor. Mm. And that's, that, was, that was what God was calling me to. 
but I didn't yet see how actually they were one and the same and kind of interlinked and mm. how being, you know, kind of talking about the gifts of the, the, the spiritual gifts, how, you know, being pastoral isn't necessarily about holding the office. Mm. And so how God was calling me to be mm. pastoral in my gift. Yeah, like gifting yeah. as a as yeah. a visual artist yeah. and to nurture people and that's where I feel like the Medellin school is that mm. is that's where I express mm. that nurturing I love that. you know nurturing individuals who want to go into creativity nurturing people mm. who are looking for community that was really good thank you and it just triggered something in my mind just to quickly add is that I think if you are when you think about um, like ministering to people, how you engage people around like your faith and stuff, mm-hmm. one thing that I've observed is like when you mention like oh you thought you were, you were going to be a pastor, like it triggers the fact that I took a year out and I was like doing like a pre ordination thing in the Church of England. It was all very radical because I did grow up <laughs> Church of England because I was really passionate about like my faith and I thought like oh I'm gonna like have a job and like maybe I have to you know like be this. Christian public figure kind of thing mm. um, and then obviously I didn't do that and then I like run my own business now and stuff which I'm loving and I found that and I had been told this but I really saw it really manifest is that when you're excellent at what you do um, you get you're allowed to be in positions of influence mm. and when you're in positions of influence in the world it's kind of like Daniel like not everybody believes the same thing that you do but mm. when you're good at what you do people trust you yeah. Yeah. when people trust you they share what's That's happening good. in their life even if it's not in a oh this That's is my so dilemma good. situation mm-hmm. and you have it you have access to people's ears where you can actually like speak life into them yeah. and, and it starts to like so I think good. like with faith a lot of things are like a spark of curiosity mm. so for me I'm always like how do I create opportunities for people's curiosity curiosity to be peaked Mm. Because I, I, I really strongly believe that we all have these existential questions in us, right? Because mm. God made us. So whether people say on the surface, like, I don't believe in anything, or like mm. it's all fake, or it's all misogynistic and stuff, I know that there are questions that they haven't been able to answer. I probably won't be able to answer them either, but if I can create conversations that will mm. spark that, I've seen the synergy between you know, the bigger mission as someone who's Christian in general, which is, you know, to continue to speak the gospel to people, Mm. but in a very subtle, not even subtle, but just in a way that's not clearly in ministry with a capital M, basically. Mm. And I think that's really important. Mm. um, And I've seen it, yeah, I've really seen it at work. Mm. That's That's so good. I love what you said um, in relation to, um, in relation to... Um, being able to basically express, you know, faith where you are and there being an excellent spirit. Because as soon as you said it, I thought about Daniel, you know, the fact that, like, that's how the king identified him. Like, as or they, his colleagues basically were, like, the one with the excellent spirit. And they couldn't necessarily find a fault because he was excellent, you know. Not perfect, but excellent, you know. Um, and... I love that because I'm like, okay, so the only reason they want to find fault, it has, it has to do with something that you also do like repetitively, which was prayer, right? But it leads me to when I, when I used to work like in, with young people and stuff like that, but in the office and stuff, you know, no one was, literally no one was saved. But like 
how I had the curiosity of people and it was because of that it was because of passion it was because of love like they saw that I loved what I did I was passionate about what I did I was excellent with what I did I would say so myself um, <laughs> but like it raised that that trust to be like also, oh, how come blah, 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 blah. Sometimes like, it got to a point, sometimes people will be crying and I'm like, don't cry, please. Like, or I'll be interpreting dreams. I'm like, so do you think it means that? And they'll be like, oh my gosh. Like, and it wasn't in a weird way. And it makes me think about the church in the sense that like, back in the day, like growing up in church and stuff, there used to be this whole idea of we are separate. Like we cannot mix. Like what is work drinks? Hello, like, where are you going? <laughs> like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, what is all of that? Like, that, but like, being able to go for drinks, like, with people afterwards, gave me access to express myself, to express the kingdom in that way. Like, it was the question, like, I remember when I was like, yeah, I'm waiting until I'm married, like, to have sex, etc. And I would, well, what makes you do that then, you know? But it wasn't just, like, God didn't say that. It, was, it opened up a conversation in terms of my, what I value and what I'm putting worth on myself and how I value the relationship. And yes, my faith has to do with that, but it wasn't weird. And I think it's, we're pushing out of an era of weirdness. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if weirdness is the right word to use or if it's even grammatically right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I feel as though God is calling us out to be among them, but yet a light. Yeah. And I think that the reason why Daniel, and I'm preaching right now, don't worry, I'm going to give back the mic. But like, I feel like the reason why God could trust Daniel in the way that he could is because he chose not to defile himself like he chose to make a personal commitment to God right that was his personal commitment but yet he was still among them and I feel as though like in order for God to really express himself through us in the spaces there has to be that personal commitment that trust to know that you're not going to become them, you're going to elevate them. Like, you're going to influence them for real, if that makes sense. But I want to hear your thoughts, um, Oriane, on that. Like, in terms of being in these spaces and actually, like, being a light and yeah. how God has influenced that. Um, it's, Sorry, let me put your mic on so I switch it off. Go ahead. Um, it's, it's really interesting because I think... So I did a live with Apostle not too long ago, we were talking about um, public, I think they were talking about evangelism and like public evangelism. Um, and what's really interesting for me, and I think Christians really underestimate the, the curiosity of non-Christians mm. actually wanting to know about Jesus. Mm. Um, and it speaks to your point of, because we see ourselves as separate, and I would go a step further and say, see ourselves as better. Mm. So we don't see them through the eyes of God, mm. and so it, we don't acknowledge what um, Abiola was saying about that existential um, curiosity, like wanting to have answers to questions. We're just like, oh, you know, we're, we're you know, we're not of the world. We're just here on our side, and mm. there's there's them, there's us and them. Mm. I think that attitude puts up a wall mm. and creates that distance. And to engage with them mm. but when you as as 
breaking down that wall of not being among them, mm. you will be, it will shock you mm. how many of them will approach you. Mm. Like it is, and it, it, it's, for me, it's one of the things in my journey um, as a creative, like who's in the creative space of how God moves. Mm. I, I really don't evangelize mm. necessarily in, in my workspace. People come to me. Mm. People come to me and say, oh, how come you're so good at this? How come you, and I'm like, it's because of Jesus. Mm. <laughs> That's when I get the opportunity to speak to them about Jesus. I'm very clear about the, that being the reason why. Mm. But I think that there is a way, like what, what has been said about a way that you carry yourself. Mm. You know, not just being excellent in your work necessarily, but having a reputation yeah. and a character um, about you that is different um, and that comes from how you know how much time you're spending with God people you know people have even said to me because I guess I work in the visual arts space and so you have a lot of people who you know believe in kind of like um, who are like universalists and you know so people come up to me and they're just like when I go to some of these art events and they're like there's just a vibe about you <laughs> you know, they, they say things like that, and I can acknowledge that because I know what it is mm. that I'm carrying. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's being able to to really embrace that and walk in that, and be you know be open about that as well. So mm. kind of when the conversation does come up, it's like, oh yeah, it's because you know I'm a Christian, I believe in God, I believe that as a Christian I have to represent Him in an excellent way through my work. Mm. I have to do this and that. They're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. When did you become a Christian? Mm. Mm. Oh, I grew up Christian. And the conversation kind of carries itself that way. Mm. And it may not be them kind of giving their life to Jesus in that moment, but I feel like these things are seeds. Mm. And that conversation is a seed. Mm. And I feel like when it comes to salvation, God plants seeds in people, multiple, you know, mm. maybe just the one, but through different conversations. And so for me, my goal is to always remain open hmm. so that I can be used to have those conversations and plant those seeds. I love that. That's so good. That's so, so good. Did you want to add to that? Oh, that's so, so good. And I love that you said that. And it, it leads me to this question in terms of what creating with God looks like for the both of you. Um, and um, I'm reminded of this scripture, Exodus 35, and this is actually one of our key verses in A&T, our foundational verses, and it, from verses 30 it says, And Moses said to the children of Israel, See the Lord has called by name Baziel, I hope I said that right, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding, in knowledge and all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood and to work in all manner of artistic workmanship. And I'm gonna jump down a verse. It says, he has filled them with skill to do all manner of work of the engraver and the designer and the tapestry maker in blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine linen and of the weaver, those who do every work and those who design artistic works. And I think this is just really powerful just to see that it was the spirit of God. Like we can see it again, like 
creativity, like the, what we see is, in, is, is of God, it's who he is, do you know what I mean? And so I, I wanna ask the question to yourself, Abiola, because I know your, your um, space is a little bit different um, in terms of marketing and leading a business, but how do you collaborate with God essentially um, in that space? Thank you so much. I think this is a really key question, and I definitely would say that it's a struggle. Mm. Um, so I think like the art of like being able to make stuff in general is, is a struggle. What, whatever you're making from start to finish is a struggle. I'll definitely say we all know everybody's on TikTok. So much has changed in marketing that it's actually a struggle to keep up and also be very busy. So it's been extremely, extremely challenging. Um, especially this year and what like when I reflect a couple of the like where I kind of want to land on this is just really just the like primacy and prioritization of God so mm. obviously I try to in like coming up with ideas like I try and say my affirmations around like you know Lord I lay down my ideas like I want you to have like primacy over my ideas like I don't, I don't just want good ideas I want whatever you're asking me to create for myself or for other people mm. um, and that's important but I think beyond like at the moment of activity I think actually really my main focus has been trying to cultivate a lifestyle that prioritizes God mm. um, so as I didn't get your name at the beginning Tony so as Tony was saying at in the, the like beginning prayer you spoke about how you know the kingdom suffers much violence and we were talking about effort and stuff and like I thought that was really powerful because it just I got like a, a picture of like we talk a lot about like anointing and, and churches and stuff like that and I just got this idea that we speak so much about wanting to always make stuff that God has uh, like put his hand over so that you know it, it's kind of better than what it could be yeah. and in this idea of anointing some I think sometimes well at least for me I won't speak for everybody but sometimes you think it's like yeah that's done and it, you just you get it and go off and do what you want right <laughs> And I just really got a, like a picture of like when you anoint someone, you start from the top and it like trickle, it trickles down into yeah. everything else. And like I was just writing in my notes, like it's very important to continue to remember that mm. it starts from the top. Just as anointing starts from the top of the head, it starts from the top, i.e. God. It starts from how you prioritize your day and your week. Mm. Because if you expect that prosperity and fruitfulness in, mm. in ideation, in other projects then it, it can never it doesn't flow upwards it doesn't like it's not a static thing it really trickles down from the top that was like a really strong thing for That's me so good. and um so i'd say that and i'd say that the, the thing that we struggle with at least for me is busyness that's mm. it sometimes i wake up and i'm like oh my gosh like i'm already thinking of my to-do list and it's like rushing and like trying mm. to get get like trying to just tick stuff off and it just it can never be that and for mm. me, over the last few weeks, the role of the, that the Sabbath has played in that is absolutely fundamentally critical. So, like, mm. I work a lot in general. Like, I've always been that kind of person. And um, I've actively, like, had a more intentional Sabbath. And for me, it's broken the cycle of, like, like constantly working. Because when you're constantly in a phase of, like, working, subconsciously, it, it, you start to think it all comes from you. You're acting in your own strength. Mm. And I know that the way that this has been initiated my work is not from my it's not because I'm so great but, mm. right so I'm never gonna I can never slip into this thing of like okay well I just need to like work a few more hours and it's going to be better actually taking the break has made me one more co cognizant of where it's coming from yeah. always because life gets busy we all know that we all know oh, yeah it comes from God but actually when you're in the mm. you need to be able to break the cycle for mm. a bit so that you can like 
get your perspective again mm. and also then you trust God more mm. yeah. because actually taking for me taking 24 hours to not do anything related to work like not even like nothing feels like a huge like you're missing out kind of thing mm. um and actually it if you're missing out on missing out on like doing work then mm. you really have to you reassess where your trust actually lies mm. is my trust in the hours that i'm clocking or is my trust in god if god mm. has god has called us to this not as a command but for a reason and i can mm. see the reason really like strongly mm. um so yeah those are the things that are like up front of mind for me and then as mm. i mentioned like really quickly how like this was initiated for me was i was like loving my corporate job and then i got a, i had a spiritual awakening that's what I'll call it. I went to fellowship basically and I just realised that. <laughs> I realised I didn't know anything about the Bible and I thought, I actually don't hate church. I'm sure if you've grown up in church, you probably know people that hate church because they grew up in it. If you grew up Nigerian and redeemed, you probably know a lot of people that don't, <laughs> don't like church. And I was like, I never, I was never that person. Like I've never had an issue. And even me, I don't know what I'm hearing now. I couldn't believe that that was happening to me because I thought, mm. if I don't know anything, then obviously the people who have never had an encounter with church in general, they what they're saying that the Bible is, is obviously not what it was. And when you spoke earlier about creativity basically being problem solving at its core, I just felt like there was a gaping hole of a problem. And I was like, oh my God, like I just felt urgently that I needed to fix mm. it, or at least do my part to contribute to that. So I started mm. a blog, long story short, and that's basically what triggered me to realise that actually this job was only ticking one of two bo important boxes for me and I needed to get into marketing, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And for me, that transition was all related, that was nothing to do with any career conversations I had with anyone. That wasn't, I saw someone on TV and thought I want to be like them. It all started from my spiritual journey. So, so for good. me, I'm very much like, it's literally on my wall, it's like, what God began in the spirit, I cannot continue in flesh because none of this, wow. none of this is related to like my good idea and my yeah. passion. Yeah. Even though I said my original design, I only became conscious of my original design yeah. through my 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 renewal of my faith. Yeah. So so those are the things I try to really hold on to, but I won't say that it's it's easy. Mm. Mm. I love that. I love that. So good. And you know, when in you saying that, I think it. It, I heard someone say one time, it wasn't until they, when they started doing the Sabbath, that's when they got their greatest ideas. Yeah. And they were able to solve problems. And we don't really realize how much we are on. Like, how much, like, we're ticking. Like, even us being on our phones, like, um, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, messaging, WhatsApp. We're always on, but just even a moment just to take a moment aside and put those things aside, it leaves an open channel for God to speak, for him to kind of pour out. And as you were saying that, I, I was thinking about Daniel again. Because <laughs> he's, he's, honestly, he's yeah. like the model for this, right? Yeah. Living a life, you know, with God. But like, he prayed like, and it was Jewish custom, but he prayed like six, th um, nine, 12, three, like, um, six o'clock like round the clock and I'm like that's such a heavy discipline but that heavy discipline was bearing him fruit in his place of work yeah and it wasn't when God highlighted that to me um I saw it happen when I was at work where I will I'll be really really overwhelmed and I'm like I don't know what the hell I'm doing um but then I'll take a moment go to the bathroom pray in the spirit worship a little bit and an answer will just come to me and it's like, God freely gives. 
-hmm. He will freely give wisdom. Like, yeah. if, who we, if we who are evil, I think about my son, I'm like, I won't say no to his needs. But, like, there's wickednesses in the heart of man. Whether we like it or we can be the most good person, but it, it exists there. No one knows what is in the heart of man, right? Like, if we who are evil know how to give good gifts, how much more our heavenly father? And I think about that, and I'm like, okay, cool. That means, just like Noah, I need to walk with you so that I know exactly like what I need to do day, day by day, you know, daily bread, you know, yeah. like I need to walk with you, like nowhere to have those specific dimensions. There was a closeness that he had, like in order for him to produce. And I'm like, hmm, is the summation of my production based on like my relationship with God, like in the sense of like, if I'm not producing the way that I would like to produce or have ideas, is that a reflection of my relationship with God? Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Like, what is creative block? Mm. If I'm really walking with God? I don't know, food for thought, but <laughs> Ariane, really go ahead. Really <laughs> um, it's so interesting because I'm actually reading this book and I just wanted to read something from it because I was, had a little coffee sit down on Sunday with two creative friends of mine. And um, I think we just wanted to start that conversation of what it looks like to be creative and be people of faith. Um, and this book is by uh, Madeleine Blengo. I hope I said her name right. She wrote The Great Corner in Time, if anyone's read or watched that. Um, she's a Christian and says if the work comes to the artist and says here I am serve me then the job of the artist great or small is to serve mm. the amount of the artist's talent is not what it's about mm. and then further down it says all that matters is feeding the lake I don't matter the lake matters you must keep feeding the lake mm. and then she says when the artist is truly the servant of the work the work is better Mm. Um, wow. It's called walking on. <laughs> it's called walking on water. Um, reflections on faith and art, mm. and you know that was so far. I'm, like, I'm a really slow reader, and that's just because I take notes and highlight things so much. <laughs> when I study books, I don't read them. <laughs> but I've been like meditating on that whole um, chapter for like weeks now, and I think it for me it just essentially speaks to what have to be able to do as creatives. Mm. I was actually thinking about it this week. I think one of the interesting things for me as a creative and an entrepreneur as well, especially because I'm in that very foundational place within my entrepreneurial journey where it's very much about output. Mm. Um, I'm doing an incubator program and so I'm preparing a pitch deck and I've done a pitch competition before and investors will ask you about your output. They'll ask you about your metrics. Like, what are the numbers? Mm -hmm. How many people came to your event? Mm -hmm. How many people have you impacted? And you can't give them a small figure because then they're like, how am I going to put money in this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> if one person is coming to your event, then mm -hmm. what, what am I in, investing in? And so it's interesting because God has been making me think about the language in which you used to talk about impact mm -hmm. that actually means that you don't have to use numbers. Mm -hmm. um, and be validated by numbers mm. and how you can essentially measure so impact good. of work that you've done using one person mm. and using storytelling to do it to mm. say you know i only had a workshop and only one person came but actually 
three months after the workshop, they came back and said they want to do um, art classes for six months. Mm. Now we have we, we trained another artist. Mm. Um, mm. And so I think that there is there's something to be said about that kind of like yeah. journey mm. of removing mm. this sort of output of what you do as a creative mm. and focusing on the found the foundation mm. of it. And mm. I think that's that's the journey that I've been on. So for me, mm. I'm very proactive mm. about creating with God. It's like what it, you know, Madeline was saying in the book about serving the work and not the output, not the result, not the outcome. Mm. You know, when I'm painting, I, I cultivate time to paint for me mm. and God. Mm. Not just when I'm doing a commission. Yeah. Mm. Not just when I'm, an exhibition is happening or, you know, I'm going to sell that's something. Good. I have to carve out time and say, this is when I paint yeah, that's good. for myself. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. this, this is me and God just painting in my room. Mm. And I was thinking about it yesterday about how, you know, there was a time when I was doing that and it was not about getting paid. Yeah. I, I, there was a time I was painting and I was enjoying it. It brought mm. me joy. And I was doing it in my room. Nobody knew that I was doing it and mm. I loved it. And all of a sudden, people are starting to pay me to do it. And that can still be joy. Um, especially because it's now my bread and butter. Like, I'm an artist full time. So it's, it's very easy for me to slip into that place where it becomes about the validation when you haven't sold a, a piece of work for the entire year. And you're, you know, you're getting a rejection email pretty much every day of the week. Of, yeah, I'm sorry, we can't give you funding. Sorry, we didn't. What am I doing? <laughs> like the, the reason why this is supposed to work, it's not happening. So yeah. what exactly is the point? Mm. And that was so what God reminded me yesterday was there was a time when you painted for joy. Mm. Yeah. You made work because you liked it. It was it was it gave you pleasure and it didn't have anything to do with who was buying it. Mm. That's where you need to be. Mm. And that's where you need to remain. Mm. And so there's a there's a, a call for us to remain in that place, regardless of whether it's mm. it's now become our yeah. financial means mm. for us to remain in that place where it's just about pleasure, it's just about worship mm. with God. Um, I would even say that I'm privileged, and oftentimes I don't recognize that mm. in that I freelance and I work in an art studio where you know you're working on the piece of work. Listen to music, so I feel like I've now adopted Daniel's system of kind of praying multiple times a day because mm. I can. Mm. Like I can sit in the studio with my headphones in and I can be listening to a sermon mm. or be listening to worship whilst I work, and that for me is mm. is good because it helps my focus. Mm. I'm doing a job where I, it requires a lot of focus and I can't make mistakes. Mm. Um, my boss is very very he's a perfectionist. He will come. He can come the next day. He can see sticky all over the canvas like you need to change this you need to change this. Like, yeah. you adjust this this needs a different color yeah. so I'm very proactive and intentional about being like God mm. come and paint with me mm. today mm. so that I don't have to come and correct it tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> because you know that's just more hours it's extra work that I don't want mm. um, I want to move on to the next painting so having that system of like God be with me throughout the day, not just in my morning, not just in my evening before I go to bed, uh, but throughout the day, you know, my journey to work, I pray.
studio I pray whilst I'm sitting down and looking mm. at the painting and working on it just starts to become a bit difficult I'm like Holy mm. Spirit Holy Spirit mm. that kind of thing so I think that is what has been like essential for me at this stage is to just essentially carry God with me mm. um, as opposed to scheduling him mm. into my day yeah, that's mm. good. I love that that's so, so good. Um, so, so good. I'm here in the middle. Like, I feel like I'm just being rocked, like, from side to side, like, between just all of the wisdom that is being poured out. But it reminds me of this in terms of the thought came to mind as you were speaking that we are no longer separate, but we are one. Like, we sometimes we separate God from us. Like, God is a, almost like he's a distant thought. Um, of our day, like I pray at this time or when I wake up, I pray. It's like a separate part of us, but almost like how it was in John 15 that he's drawing us into oneness mm -hmm. so that we can be fruitful because essentially what we're saying what is, is that all of these people that made an impact had such a oneness with God that it allowed them to show up in the way they were meant to show up. But I love what you said um, because I was reading something the other day and I wanted to read it out today and I'll follow on with my question. Um, it says, inspiration is my responsibility. This is from Shana. Um, I forgot her last name. Inspiration is my responsibility. Inspiration is part of the job description. It doesn't strike like lightning. I lay myself open to receive it. You can't manhandle it or make demands of it, but you can put yourself in the path of it. You make yourself available to it. It's part of my work to read widely and learn new things and be curious and ask questions and wonder and doodle and dream because living inspired is a requirement for rich creative work. It's your responsibility as a creative person to actively put yourself in the path of inspiration. And when I read that, um, it's in the book, I just haven't learned that yet. I forgot the, the author. But she speaks about putting yourself in the pathway of inspiration. And I wanted to ask, like, how would you say you put yourself in the path of inspiration? How do you stay inspired? Yeah, I think this is a really, really interesting question. So, um I think for me that's kind of layers. So I, I'm just always paying attention to everything really, mm -hmm. um, especially in like the media and the internet, which is like a really good starting point. I'd say it's definitely not the finishing point because like we said before, it easily slips from research and inspiration to you being on all the time or like mm. just, it's like just an unfiltered, it, c it can go either way. Um, mm. And actually the other things that really helped me and I was reflecting on this as you were saying were um like being in nature just personally I just love nature I'm from mm. I'm from Barnet like there's only trees there like I'm just <laughs> used to um like nature um being in nature like uh, doing the minimal exercise that I do mm. um and then also for me a big part of that is journaling mm. and sometimes I realized in in reflecting on this I realized that sometimes we like read the bible and journal to have done it as a task, mm. um, or because it's something that we need, we know we need to do to, in order to start your day, or in order to get clarity on something. And actually, for me, like the most fruitful times of inspiration have been the times where I'm able to write 
because right as if it's an ongoing conversation with God and yeah. like I'm really passionate about rising so for mm. me I'd say that like the the practical stuff around like research and like exercise and nature sit around the fact that for me personally I'm just a writer by default so mm. that for me that constant conversation mm. I write to unload I write to reflect I write to understand I write mm. to digest what I've read you know mm. and being able to have that consistently mm. helps a lot I love that I love that um, I'd say it's quite similar for me. I, I don't know if it's a, like a creative thing, but I feel like as creative people, we often lean to some of the same things for inspiration. So nature is a big, big mm. one for me as well. Probably why I'm a landscape painter. I think there's something really powerful about being in nature. Mm. Um, journaling is also another one. But I think similarly, uh, kind of off of what Abiola was saying about sometimes we journal as just like a task, like a tick box. Um, one of the things I did to kind of curb that recently is uh, last year I started an art journal. Mm. Um, and this for me is a journal that is like unfiltered. Like It's mm. like if you have Oriana Uncut, <laughs> that's the version of the journal that it is. And that's where I throw in like um, quotes from movies that I've watched that I thought were a scene and something someone said was really interesting, a book that I've read was really interesting and I write how I feel about mm -hmm. what was said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so like I've watched, I've been watching this series called uh, Cherish the Day mm -hmm. um, and something was said about how the, the foundations of how you learn love come from like family and you know so as I was watching it I was just taking a note of it in my, my art journal and writing like how I see that. Um, so for me, that conscious, like unfiltered version of yourself is, I feel like is necessary for inspiration. Um, I think that especially as Christians, I think that there is a way in which we kind of cage our voice and, you know, yeah, we have a lot of filters kind of switched on already because of, you know, having grown up, if you church, um, the way the world is going to see you, if you create a particular piece of work, and so I think we take that into our like quiet time, mm. and we take that into our like creative process sometimes as well, mm. and I feel like that blocks what like, it mm. blocks the flow of inspiration, mm. so you need to have that space where it's unfiltered, mm. and then from the unfiltered content, you can then begin to curate content that will go online or will yeah. be shown to kind of mm. um, other people. So I think for me it's just about creating that mm. space for unfiltered thoughts, mm. unfiltered like, you know, being able to view things that you need to see, mm. unfiltered like listening. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, I love that. I love what you said about filtering out. And I want to throw it out actually for everyone in the room, like, how do you keep yourself in the pathway of inspiration? And you can talk to the person next to you, but really like mapping it out, because I think some, some of the things that keep us from, I guess, keep that enthusiasm for us is the fact that we're no longer inspired. But like 
it was like I've read, like inspiration is not just something that happens. Mm -hmm. We have to put ourselves in the path of it, you know, whether that is a, reading a magazine for some people, that is putting themselves in the pathway of inspiration. Mm -hmm. That is a conversation. I know for me, conversations like this, listening to a podcast or listening to someone's mind on something is inspiration yeah. for me. Like reading a book, like, I, I find reading books so much better than watching TV, but that's me, that's on me, okay? There's no series on Netflix that is better than a good read for me, you know? But that's me putting myself in the pathway of inspiration. And so I wanna throw that out, like, speak to your neighbor, like, what do you need to stay inspired? And kind of jot it down and think of ways you can kind of add that into your day-to-day. Um, so yeah, I'll give you a few minutes to do that. Really great conversation. Like, yeah. so good. I need this book. <laughs> no, it's yeah. really, really, it's been really good. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. And yeah. Like I need to like go and like reflect and like journal. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Really good. Like, it's, it's so funny. Um, it's so funny when you mention that you know. And you had the picture of like anointing because when you were when we were praying as well, um, I literally heard the words above, like head and not tail, above and yeah, not yeah, knees. Yeah. And there was just this thing about like that position of the head yeah. and above that yeah. God was speaking. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. It's so funny because my pastor always used to say, like even when we were in premarital counselling, he would be like, use your anointing. And then I would be like, what do you mean by yeah, that? Like, what, that what, do, what does that mean? Yeah. And it wasn't until like a while I realized that what he was saying was, you've been given the anointing, like the Holy Spirit, like use that in your day to day. Like it's not reserved just for a Sunday, like or for an, an uh, experience that you, you're falling to the ground. Or, no, like use the anointing. And that, so I love that you said that. Like it's so good. Um, it's in the bag, but I have to warm it. So you have to warm it up. Yeah. Just we're finishing soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Well, it's not okay. It's great. <laughs> I said that so figgy. It's great. You know what? He's really good. So like, he sleeps. He like plays. He he's not um. What do you call it? I don't like using the word difficult, but he's just easygoing, basically. So it gives me space and room to kind of still be. But I feel like I prayed that because I was like, well, give my child the grace for our lifestyle. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, give them the grace for our lifestyle. Like, because um, one of my friends was like, it's so easy for us to try and move our lifestyle around the child, which to a degree that is true, but like you kind of lose yourself in that and you lose what like what draws you in that season so I was like, actually that's a thought so I feel like God has really given him a grace for our lives so I don't really have when everyone's like do you not sleep at night I'm like no I, I sleep like a good six seven hours yeah like a good like however and so yeah I feel like yeah unless he regresses because he's going for a growth spurt um, he's fine, so it's made it easy for me. Amazing. Yeah. And have you found that to be the case of like women that you know who maybe had a child before you or like people around you? Well, in terms of 
them feeling like them not having the whole story. Not that I went through the whole story, but the real story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can't take away the fact that motherhood is very demanding, because it is. Like, um, I was having this conversation yesterday with someone. Like, because me and I are both self-employed, it's very easy, like he hasn't watched TV up until now because I'm very adamant about him having engagement and socialising um, but it's very easy nonetheless to kind of have our phones out or our laptops out and he's just there and I don't want that, even though he won't remember it now it's a habit that can form, I don't want his memory to be that yeah I was with my parents but they weren't, they weren't there, like, I don't want that, so we're quite, like, strategic in, we're quite strategic in ensuring that, like, this is demanding, so when he is awake, let's give ourselves over, but when we have time, which is a sacrifice, put yourself fully into what you do as well, if that makes sense, yeah, so, yeah, it, I don't want to negate that, it is demanding, because, like, but some people, it's also the temperament of the child as well, you know, so, yeah, I hope that answers the question, no, but yeah. I think, like, I had a lot of friends who were, like, getting married, or, like, who were pregnant, and the ones who were getting married, I was just having a conversation with my friend yesterday, and she was so, like, I don't know if I'm on kids because of, you know, it's stressful, and this is someone who's grown up with siblings, who also has a lot of material resources, so, Yeah. Like, I feel like sometimes there's like a lot of fear that people have around yeah. kids. I was like that. And yeah, so it's definitely very like encouraging. I just think people need to hear yeah. the big stories. Yeah. Like it's not a bad story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, like you said, you're not taking away from the fact that it's demanding, but even that language is demanding, it's very different from the general. Yeah. Around it. Okay for it to be demanding, it's a big life change. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really important. That was kind of like when I got pregnant. Like for a while, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for a while, before I got pregnant, we waited for a while because I was like, I'm not ready. I still feel selfish. Um, and we've been married for five, so we're five years. But it was in the third year where I was like, okay, let, let's try it. We started trying, and it took around two years. But then when I felt pregnant, I was like, oh my days, like my heart, because I'd consumed so many other people's stories. Um, I was like, how's my life going to look like? Because I am very, like, for my mental well-being, like, and I know it sounds crazy, but I need to do stuff. You know, not that my identity is on it, but I find joy in it, yeah. Um, and I think it was this aspect of losing myself until one of my friends, who's also an her and her husband are entrepreneurs, have their business, um, she was like, don't look at it as losing yourself, look at it as rediscovering yourself and that perspective and I think it helps to have people around you that are already doing it um, that perspective is what helped me to go into it more with a it's demanding but I'm just discovering how my life is gonna look like how it's always been but now with him in it you know um, so yeah so I want to do my podcast like when I do come back that's one of the things I'm gonna talk about but yeah, they're, they're giving me time. <laughs> but yeah, we'll talk, continue to talk. But I'm just gonna, um, if you have lost thoughts, anything you want to share, um, no, we're gonna do that. Do you have any questions? Do you, do you, do you, do you, do you, 
we'll do a quick like Q and A, probably one or two people, and then we'll close up. Hi everyone. Hello. Everyone say hi. Hi. Everyone say hi. Hi. I'm gonna do it one more time. Hi. Hi. Awesome. I have everyone's attention. I'm loving everyone's discussion in the room. Amen. I'm sure we're putting things for our pathway of inspiration. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Amen. We're staying in the pathway of inspiration. Um, and I think that that's essential. That's the practical side to a spiritual um, aspect of it. But like we say here in A&T, if it's spiritual, it's practical. If it's spiritual, it's practical. I'll say it one more time. If it's okay. spiritual, it's practical. Right? So we are doers and not just hearers. Amen. And so we're going to take only one or two questions and then we're closing up. I see you, baby. <laughs> one or two questions. To, do you want to come? And then we'll give you the... Anyone else want to have a question? Anyone else have a question? Can you, can you um, I'll just give a quick context to my question. So I feel like one of the reasons I feel blessed to be in a and is that both our leaders constantly talk about their struggles to get to where they are now. Mm -hmm. um, and Pastor David um, last week and constantly speaks about the fact that he had to sit in being affirmed as a son before, um, and that being more important than him being a musician. Mm -hmm. So with, and I like to compare it to like Jesus' 30 verses 3, so 30 years of being molded and allowing himself to be modest even though he was God himself um, and then three years of ministry. So with where you guys are now on those platforms, what was those 30 years like for you metaphorically speaking? Like what things did you have to overcome within yourself? Because I'm currently going through that and it's a lot mentally. So yeah, if you can speak on that. Oh, that's such a good question. That's a great question. It's, um, it's interesting because I don't know what I was telling you, um, that this year is actually my first year um, I took, so I actually write and used to do a lot of like, spoken word and poetry in like 2017 um, and then I stopped in 2019 because uh, I just felt God say that it was time for me to take a step back to being quiet and kind of cultivating a, more of a listening spirit. Um, around that same time it was interesting, I, felt, I also felt then to stop like listening to sermons. Um, so I stopped watching sermons on YouTube, podcasts, uh, or rather stopped watching, rather, watching sermons, and I'll explain why, and doing more listening. Yeah, there was, it was listening. Um, I think there was something about, like, you know, if you're listening to certain pastors and whatnot, you know, there's, there's the theatrics that comes with preaching sometimes that can be distracting. Um, I think God literally said, I want you to read your Bible and go to church. Those are the only two things I require <laughs> No, forget all these other pastors you've been listening to and watching on YouTube. I think it's so interesting how COVID came out of that and churches had to close down. Mm -hmm. And I think there was just, God was already speaking to me about that ahead of time mm -hmm. and was saying that there will come a time where it's about you and me. You mm -hmm. will have, you'll be stuck at home and ha having to cultivate you know, relationship with me and you won't have church building, none of that's so how we do it. And so I started doing it in 2019 before we went into lockdown. And so when lockdown happened, I was like, this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think for me, it was, it was that, it was being like intentional about cultivating that place 
<laughs> and it's interesting and exciting <coughs> to me, but then I'm not, it's not food. Mm. Um, like, I'm not feeding on it. Mm. Um, and so God was very, very like adamant about me feeding on the word in that, consuming it, taking time out to like listen. So once I've read a scripture, once I've journaled, just sitting in silence to hear what God is, is trying to say to me about those about those things. Um, and I, I feel like I had to do that for a year before God was like, you can go back to, you know, listening to podcasts, mm-hmm. watching YouTube sermons. And I, you know what, I paced myself. I think I went podcast, I did that for another three, four months. And mm-hmm. then I watched like my first YouTube uh, sermon. I think I even did that very recently as well. Mm-hmm. But it was great mm-hmm. because it was, it was like a filter. Mm-hmm. I think in this time where there's a lot of like, um, debate, as Pastor I was saying earlier on about you know whether women can minister in church or not, and mm. this one and that one, and you go on Twitter. And, uh, in fact, I removed myself from Christian Twitter. I abandoned Christian Twitter <laughs> <laughs> as well. You know, all, all of those things. I feel like I needed to take a step back from from those things so that I could hear God. Like, what does God say? Mm. What is what is the Bible? And I ask myself that question now. What is the biblical perspective here on this? Yeah. Not the cultural. Mm. Not yes. the societal one. What does the word of God actually say about this thing? Yeah. I think it's so, so important right now because it's very, very easy to confuse the two. Yeah. Mm. You yeah. don't, especially with the backgrounds, you know, my background in the Nigerian church. Culture and scripture are so intertwined, you don't know the difference. Mm. Um, you know, I, I once heard someone talking about like submission and what it looks like to submit to your husband. Mm. And all they kept mentioning were just like roles within a house. Mm, yeah. Just like anybody can do that. <laughs> you know, you must, you must serve your husband food. I was just like, but what does that like have to do with you know, necessarily God? So I think that's, yeah, it's to spend that time listening. Mm. That would be my Really good question. Um, before I, uh, I share my thoughts, um, when you said you're in that time, you also use the language of platform to us when you ask your question. So as you you feel like you're in your thirty, your first thirty years season, why do you think that? Is that because of getting an opportunity you're waiting for? Is that because of what you want it, to, what you think it should look like externally? Like if you don't mind sharing, if you if it's private, then that's cool. I'm trying to see, you know when your team like levels of 
And when you say things, do you feel like things are stripping away? Is that an internal journey or is that even an external, like things are happening on the outside that are making you go through that process? Okay, cool. I just wanted to understand a bit more context. Hmm. Thank you for answering that. So like, um, like there's three things that I want to just say. I don't know if they'll directly answer your question, but it's just my experience. Hmm. So the first one is like, like Oriana said, like when you're in the word, that really sounds so deep. Like, but <laughs> the point is, is that for me, like, I'll just say it really plainly. Like, I'm really strongly believing that God gives us words, and we discover words in the Bible that, for me, become the foundation of the life that you have, right? Mm. So, in a season, like, I have so many. I print them out all the time. I actually printed out a whole new list um, yesterday of what are the things that I believe God has said to me that I can like hold on to. So like a couple of years ago, just before I started my business, like uh, one of the one of the many words was like, um, I can't remember, was it Isaac? I can't even remember now, but planted a seed and reaped a hundredfold in the year. Like that was what I felt like God had given me. I didn't seek it out. Mm -hmm. And in those times of like um, trying times, which I also don't even believe that there's never not a trying time, but in, in those seasons of trying times, it's like, can, do you have, four, five, ten, three, I don't know, how words that you can go back and say, God, you said this, or that you can say it over yourself. Like, okay, so like another one of mine is like, God brought me into a spacious, spacious place. He like blessed me. And that's mm. the affirmation that I will say, like even when it doesn't feel like that, but also on the other side of that, mm. to recall the fact that God has actually also done it. Mm. So for me, like, that's when, when I feel like I either don't know what's happening or I need a reminder of where I've been. If, you know, you always face situations where you're like a bit confused and I'm like, let me just remember where I've been. Like, God, these are the words you've given me that have actually come to pass. And these are the words that maybe you've just given me in general. I need to say them because when I say them, that, that becomes the life that I live. So for me, that's like very important. So that's number one. And I would like really encourage you to, I would, like, I mean, everybody's process is different, but I wouldn't necessarily like look for things that you think are what you need. I would just say, listen and be ready to receive. Mm. Um, and pay attention. You know, we may have said stuff in passing that really has resonated with you it could be that as well so that's affirmations um i actually wrote it down when you um when you asked okay yeah and then the other thing was like just like the actual concept of the journey so like yes jesus had 30 years like where people where he wasn't like the jesus that people knew in three years of where he was the jesus that people knew but to me I, I get that concept, but I think it's a little bit of a fallacy in the sense that in those 30 years of him being like, you know, like, hashtag Jesus, he was, he was overwhelmed to the point of grieving with blood coming out. Like, to me, that's not three years of, you know, glory. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was still had challenges. And I'm sure on the other side, in those 30 years that we don't hear as much about, I'm sure it also had, like, mountaintop kind of moments. Yeah. Mm. So I think also sometimes we should just be mindful, we should really enjoy the process mm. and not, which sounds so, like, cliche, but really all you have in front of you is whatever situation you have and you've got to kind of make the most of it and see God in it mm. because there's no situation in future that's, like, going to be like, yep, yeah, this is fine, mm. which leads me on to my third point because when you get there, and I was saying this to one of my friends, like, for so long, like, I, I think I decided I wanted to change my career in 2015 with the, with the background idea of, like, one day wanting to have a business. And I, like, quit my job in December 2020. So that's five years of, like, various steps that happened. Mm. Um, and I was saying to a friend that, you know, for so long that was my thing. Like, I want to work in marketing and, like, 
brackets, hopefully have my own business. That was like a big thing for five years. Like all my mm. friends, that was like a massive thing. Like changing a career is huge, especially when you come from like yeah. a finance job and people are like, you're not creative. And then also trying to figure out if you want to do your own thing. Mm. And in that, I said to my friend that after all that, I feel like life is just a mountain. So when you're like scaling a mountain, you get to a certain peak, but then you just get to like level two. It's like a game, like in a game you complete it, but then you're just at the beginning of the next level. Mm. And I really realized that like, great, you know, my pro yesterday's problems are not today's problems, but today's <laughs> problems, there's a whole nother thing, you know, there's a whole nother, not even just bad things, but there's a whole nother level to achieve of aspiration of mm. problems that I didn't even think that I would have this early on in my business. Mm. Because I thought like stuff like around like staff, I didn't even think I'd be in a position to like hire a team. And I was like, this is great. Like me three years ago, I'd be like, wow, like she can already hire a team, but I know what that, how stressful that is. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, so clearly from the outside, sometimes we look at things and it's like, this is the moment. And obviously, like I said, we have like mountaintop moments and like things that feel a bit more like valleys, but there is, I think sometimes the fixation or the conception around like, but I'm in this season of this and I'm going to get to that. Can, can steal the, the meat of what this is because every single thing that I've experienced in the last two years of being full-time in this business, the, what I've had to lean on, especially as I've mentioned, being crazily busy than I ever expected, I've had to really lean on the work that I did with God before. Mm -hmm. But if I, if I had maybe not really dug into that process, I won't be able to recall yeah. or actually say, this is what I've experienced and know that actually, God, you've aligned me to this. And now that now I'm reorienting myself, reorientating myself, to the next level so yeah I think there's I think sometimes like you've got to take a step back and understand that life is a series of steps rather than like great period challenging period it, which kind of is the same thing but like the idea that it's all kind of happening simultaneously mm, yeah I love that that's so good and you know we're Thank you for that question because it's a nice closing amen it's been an amazing discussion um but i do want to highlight abiola like um i feel as though your life is such a great illustration of this quote i'm about to say that purpose isn't necessarily a destination it's a journey and i think we've kind of made it about this one big place that we're gonna arrive like no like purpose is happening now like it's actually happening now in your place of what like something is being formed god is using you his purpose is being released through you right now and i think it's removing and i guess the different um conversations around purpose has created that confusion but yeah. like i can find purpose when i was working here but also purpose is happening with business you know and so i just really want to encourage you not just yourself, thank you for asking the question, but everyone here to kind of see the fruit in every season. Like I always say this, honour every season you're, you are in. What do I mean by honour? Put the value and esteem required in that season because it leaves room for you to be edified. In that season, whether we like it or not, whether it's rough or it's shining, it leaves room for edification. And so we're just going to... Anything. Yeah. Really sure, I promise. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, when you said that, that really like just a phrase just stuck out to me that like purpose is not achievement, it's actually alignment. Yeah. Because when you're yeah. aligned, you can be aligned with God in every season. Yeah. And yeah. where I felt most confident in, where I felt the strength of like alignment with God has been in times where people on the outside were thinking, what is she doing? Like, she's yeah. just gone mad. So yeah, that's it. No, that's so good. A round of applause.
What a way to finish. Thank you, Aviola. And I want us to all stand to our feet. And the scripture that has been resonating um, as we've been speaking is, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. I don't want to even move on to trust. Like, trust is one part, but acknowledging him in all of our ways. Like, Lord, in this season today, I choose to acknowledge you because I know that you will direct me onto the path of X and you will give what I need. And so even right now, I just want us to lift our hands across the room and just begin to just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me, direct me. Like I'm choosing to acknowledge you in this moment. Yes, God. Yeah, Lord. We just thank you, Jesus. You're so powerful, so merciful. Lord, we acknowledge you today, Lord God. We acknowledge you today, Lord God. We acknowledge you today. Hallelujah. Revelations 4 verses 1 says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and one set on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like emerald. Every time I think about this scripture, I think about, it says, come up here and I will show you. And there's something about just um, being in alignment with the Holy Spirit, allowing him to show us, like what John saw was just out of this world. It wasn't something that was earthly, it was heavenly, but it allowed him to, to speak and we read of it right now. But I just want us to just say, yes, Lord, I'm open. Like I'm open to come up higher. Like I'm open to come up high and receive and to see what it is that you are giving to me. I'm, I'm willing to come up so that you can give me the ability to show up and to move in the way that I'm meant to, Lord. So I can be a creative genius. So I can bring um, creative solution. I can problem solve. I can crunch numbers in a supernatural way so that I can, I can legislate laws and bring understanding and education in ways that maybe someone could, because I came up I answered the call to come up higher Lord I say yes to coming up higher let that be our prayer today hallelujah let's begin to pray yes God Lord we say yes in this moment God we say yes Lord we say yes we say yes to you oh Lord Yes, Lord, we say yes, we receive, we come available, open, Lord God. We make this a lifestyle and not just a moment, God. We make this a lifestyle and not just a moment, Daddy. Hallelujah, yes, Holy Spirit, we are open. Use us in the way that you desire, Lord God. We desire to be one with you. We want to bear fruit, Lord God, in our character, in what we do, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord, use us in the way that you you desire, Lord. We want to be true disciples, true followers, Lord God, that move in alignment with your spirit. Hallelujah. Yes, we are open. We are open. We are open. We are open. Use us. 
Yes, we say yes, Lord God. Lord, download poems that will revolutionize a generation. Download songs that will change, Lord God, a genres, Lord God. Lord, that will connect us and bring people into your fold. Lord God, bestow upon us wisdom that will revolutionize the education system. Lord, the marketing place, Lord God, that will, hallelujah, Lord God, the arts and entertainment. Lord, we come up, Lord Jesus, so we can express you in that in the earth, Lord God, hallelujah, so that we can be solutions and so we can be answers, Lord God. We come up, Lord God, Lord, bestow script ideas, bestow, Lord God, movie ideas, series, Lord God, we come up to receive, Lord God, we come up to receive beloved identity, but also the ability, Father, to create just as you created, Lord God. Holy Spirit, just as you hovered on the earth, hover upon our minds and our hearts this this afternoon, Lord God. Awaken us in ways we've never seen before, Lord God. Unlock in us, Lord God, a new dimension of who we are, a higher version of ourselves, Lord God. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we choose to yield and to submit this very morning, this very afternoon, Lord God, and we say yes to you. Download, 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 Lord God, download, download. You are a good father that desires to give good gifts unto his children. And so, Lord, as children, we open ourselves up, Father, to believe that you are giving this to us, God. Hallelujah, yeah. Yeah, Lord, it's not random, it's you. It's not random, it's you. You're speaking directly to us. So God, give us the grace to hear you in the mundane. Yeah, give us the grace to receive from you in the mundane, Lord God. Oh Lord, give us the grace to pause when the world says go. Give us the grace, Lord God, to pause when the world says go. Yeah, God, give us the grace to be sacred in our Sabbath, Lord God, to put a time aside to receive and to rest, Lord God. Yeah, we receive. Thank you, Lord. We we receive, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hear the Lord saying, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. Lord, the moment we came into this earth, Lord God, you said it was good and that there was an expected end. Holy Spirit, give us the grace to believe this and to stay in line with it. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen Amen and Amen. 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 Round of applause for Gloriam and for Abiola. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. You can take your seats.